other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. It's Friday. We made it. We made it. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Frank, as we do every Friday. We're going to start the show off with a little Ask Frank Anything. So whatever you have questions about, anything that you are genuinely curious about, please go ahead and dial 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-WABC. And whoever has the best question in the eyes of our staff will be gifted a prize from the other side of Midnight Online store. They give extra points to non-political questions. So you're welcome to call in with a political question, but I know they're much more likely to reward you if you ask a non-political question. Yesterday, I had no idea this holiday was yesterday. Yesterday was actually National Lobster Day. I wish I would have known this because I am a lobster fanatic. I absolutely love eating lobster, and I would have had something for National Lobster Day, but I didn't know about it until later in the day after I'd already eaten. Well, what they did out in Hempstead was very clever. Is it a little bit of a publicity stunt? Of course it is. But the Hempstead town supervisor and and the owner of Peter's Clam Bar, they embarked on a pardoning of their celebrity lobster, Lenny the Lobster, who is at least, so they say, 111 years old. Here's a little bit of Hempstead town supervisor Don Clavin pardoning the over-century-old lobster. This is Lenny. Lenny's about 120 years old. Uh, Lenny weighs about, uh, we'd say about 26.2 pounds, not that we weighed him earlier today. Lenny probably woke up this morning saying, you know what, today's going to be a tough day. He was thinking uh, butter and, and lots of bad things. But today we're having a little special day. You know, and in honor of Lobster Day, we are freeing Lenny the Lobster today in the beautiful waterways of the South Shore of Long Island. Now, in seeing this, I'm struck by a few feelings and observations simultaneously. One, it makes me feel bad for enjoying lobster as much as I do. It makes me think maybe I shouldn't eat it. Two, what if this guy gets caught again by someone else and then just gets eaten by that person? They set him out into the ocean, and what's to stop someone else from catching him? I wish they would have put a tracker or something on him to keep track of him to know how he's doing and where he is and where he ends up. Lastly, I wonder what the age is of the average lobster that we're eating. I mean, to think about eating something that's seen over a century of history, I don't know. It's wild. It gives you a weird feeling and, again, gives me pause about maybe I shouldn't enjoy them as much as I do. Food for thought, quite literally. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. By now, you have probably heard the City Conflicts of Interest Board yesterday ordered ex-mayor Bill de Blasio to pay nearly half a million dollars in restitution and fines for wrongfully billing taxpayers for an NYPD detail that escorted him around the country during his failed 
2019 quest for the White House. The sanction includes paying the city back $319,794 for travel, meal, and lodging expenses for the police, plus a $155,000 fine, the largest ever imposed by the board. Now, there's two things that are interesting about this. One, the Conflict of Interest Board had actually sought an even higher fine of $775,000 or $25,000 for each of de Blasio's campaign trips, but an administrative judge who sustained the board's recommendation decided a $155,000 fine was appropriate, given that de Blasio only received an indirect benefit to his political campaign. Here's the first thing that's interesting about this. The size of the fine, which the de Blasio people, and my friend is representing de Blasio, I believe, in this case, the size of the fine is primarily due to the fact that de Blasio and his campaign were warned not to do this before they did it. The Conflict of Interest Board specifically warned them before he announced, don't use city taxpayer resources. And he chose to ignore that. And that's why they are sending a message with this fine. And good for them. And the other thing that I'll mention, I could say a lot about this, but the other thing that I'll mention is this is yet another example of why politicians who hold one office should not be running for another. You can't help but commingling the two jobs. The city of New York elected you, against my better judgment, you owe them your full time and attention. I feel the same way with Ron DeSantis as the governor of Florida or anyone else that runs for one office and then almost immediately seeks to try and gain another. This is the kind of thing that's going to happen. This was all totally predictable, and I hope the mayor has to pay a hefty fine. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, it's becoming increasingly apparent that the new police commissioner, at least on an interim basis, will be the man who is the current first deputy police commissioner in New York City, and that is Edward Caban. The city has a deep dive into uh, one instance of his record, and you're going to see a lot of this. The high-ranking NYPD cop set to become interim police commissioner was accused in 2006 of threatening a man during a questionable stop and frisk. And he was a police captain at the time. He allegedly told the man he was getting ready with the broomstick, which which, of course, would have been a reference to Abner Louima. The CCRB substantiated the man's complaint that he was wrongly issued a summons for disobeying a lawful order, but said that his claims Caban had cursed at and threatened him were un. Founded. Now, in a lengthy record as a cop, which goes back 30 years, there's all sorts of things you can find. And I don't necessarily have an interest in digging up every single thing that he ever did, especially the fact that Eddie Caban was a police officer at a time when the city was facing out of control record crime. But there is one aspect of the Caban record that I think is worth looking at. His brother, James, who was also an NYPD sergeant, but who was fired 
from the force for threatening to beat up a cabbie. It's becoming at least possible that there are some patterns in the Caban family when it comes to how to treat people. Anyway, Eddie Caban's brother James has been named repeatedly one of the worst landlords in the Bronx. He's been publicly named and publicly accused of failing to make basic repairs to a West Farms building that he owns. And this is all after his career as a police officer came to an ignominious end. I don't begrudge Eddie Caban for anything his brother has done. And I wouldn't begrudge Eric Adams for appointing Eddie Caban as police commissioner because of the fact that his brother was was a disgraced NYPD sergeant. But I do think it's important to keep in mind that we not judge people because of the company that they keep. And yet, Sal Greco, in a case that we have covered at length on this program, was fired by the NYPD primarily because of his relationship with Roger Stone. How can you, on the one hand, say we're forgetting about Sal Greco and firing him because he was friends with a felon, but the guy that I'm about to make police commissioner that's okay that his brother and close confidant was a disgraced, fired cop who's the worst landlord in the Bronx. It's a bit hypocritical and a bit inconsistent. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Here we are. Yet another chapter of let's pretend the people that we have incarcerated aren't actually people. Through a no-bid contract, the Department of Correction in New York City turned over its commissary to a company persistently criticized for gouging the incarcerated. Another terrific investigation by the city, the newspaper, not the actual city, found that it's charging more than allowed for scores of products. April of 2022, the New York City Department of Correction signed a no-bid contract. I'm not sure why any of these contracts are no bid. They couldn't get anybody to compete for this contract? They signed a no-bid contract with a company called the Keefe Group to take over the commissary operations at Rikers and offer a new web-based service that allows friends and family members to send food and other provisions to detainees. The contract, which Correction Commissioner Louis Molina said would transition the commissary process into the 21st century, includes a list of items with fixed prices set at a rate that could not exceed the market prices of the same products in non discount stores. That's basically corner stores in the city of New York. Yet every single product listed through the new service is being sold at a price higher than the one stipulated in the contract. And many of the prices there and at the Rikers Commissary are more than double those at local grocery stores and online retailers. So for friends and family using the Keefe website, a 1.3 ounce cup of Cheerio cereal costs $3.62. The listed price on the contract is lower at three twelve. You try and buy it in the supermarket, it costs even less, two nineteen. Get it delivered on Fresh Direct, it costs a dollar forty nine. A four ounce package of stroganoff pasta and sauce sells for four forty one through their service. You can buy it in the grocery store for two thirty nine. For incarcerated people using this Keefe operated commissary at Rikers, they pay three dollars and thirty cents for toothpaste that everyone else pays two ninety nine for. The people at Rikers are being gouged. The contractor was rewarded with a no-bid contract that they didn't have to compete for. They got a sweetheart deal, and now they are using this 
sweetheart deal to rip off inmates at Rikers and their family members. And it's not right. We think people don't count because they're housed in Rikers. They do. Sometimes there's no one to speak for them. I'm going to speak for them. This deal stinks to the high heavens. There should be no more no-bid contracts in prisons or jails. Beam me up! To be continued. 